Now it's time for Inspirational Women and two separate conversations with leaders from each of them. First, we meet Sage Fitzpatrick, Director of Engagement for Lifelong right here in Seattle and serving the state. Sage Fitzpatrick, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I am really looking forward to this, and I trust our listeners will as well, because you're here with us this morning as part of the Give Big campaign, but to focus on your agency, Lifelong. And true confession, I had not heard of Lifelong, a very important organization in our community, but I hadn't heard of it. So I'm so grateful you're here to shine some light on what you do. Uh, Well, you know, we have been around for over four decades now. In fact, this is a really special year as we celebrate our 40-year anniversary of being one of the most vital community health organizations in Washington. Lifelong believes that everyone should have a fair and equitable opportunity to reach their health potential. And we work with clients to help remove barriers to health arising from socioeconomic background, stigma, discrimination, navigation of complicated systems, language, or cultural differences. So a wide, wide amount of barriers that people face. And and the folks that we reach are those that are usually the hardest to connect with and serve because they've been experiencing homelessness, they're chronically ill, marginalized, and many times low income. And the unique way we go about working with people is really informed by our earliest beginnings. Our roots are in the AIDS epidemic. Over 40 years ago, a handful of community members who were outraged by the stigma and lack of care services and funding for people affected by the disease, they came together and out of their powerful activism, they created two organizations in Seattle, Northwest AIDS Foundation and Chicken Soup Brigade. Uh, Northwest AIDS Foundation worked really hard on continued advocacy, you know, to make sure that the funding was there. But they also uh, created services like case management and housing programs. While Chicken Soup Brigade, as you can tell from their title, they really focused on food and medical appointment transportation. And they're really the heart in the community. They were that day-to-day support for people who were often so stigmatized and left to die alone. So many of the volunteers that worked with Chicken Soup Brigade would be the ones holding folks' hands as they passed away. Thankfully, medications came on the scene in the uh, 1990s and really changed the course of the disease for the better. And Northwest AIDS Foundation and Chicken Soup Brigade knew at that time they could have an even greater impact if they combined their resources. And the merger of those two organizations was how Lifelong was formed. Ah, that makes so much sense. Thank you. That's a great history. But continue. Oh, sure. And the merger took all of our combined services, programs that were really designed to meet all of the basic needs of a person. And and now we just have them under one roof. And that's what makes Lifelong so unique and different than other social service agencies. We know that you need to have all your basic needs met so that you can manage your illness. And when you're trying to overcome those huge barriers of homelessness, food insecurity, lack of insurance, and case management through multiple organizations, 
it's overwhelming. And so your chances of being healthy really become unattainable. And so what's wonderful about Lifelong is all of our staff in-house work together with each client to identify their hurdles. They develop a treatment plan that addresses all the different areas in their life. And then we stay with them. You know, that's the part of Lifelong. We're with them even as they start to manage their health and become healthier, but we are there all the time to help answer questions, any other barriers that come up so that they know they have someone by their side. And this model has been so successful for folks living with HIV that over the past 10 years, we've expanded to now serve thousands of people across the state of Washington with a wide range of chronic illnesses like heart disease, diabetes, um, and then really just folks that are, are aging, you know, so for people that are seniors and homebound and just really struggle to have access to to food and those care and support. That is so amazing. And to me, you're this huge secret, the best kept secret that <laughs> really needs to be broadly known. Now, the thing is, well, tell us, how many people do you actually serve? Sure. Well, we now have gotten to the point where we're serving each year over 7,000 people. And, and again, they're living all across the state of Washington. We, we have offices in Seattle and Everett and Bellingham. So we're really up and down that I-5 corridor. And we are reaching the people who may have, you know, different barriers. So some folks are able to manage them more so than others. But really, the people where we see some of the most powerful success stories are the folks that really have felt abandoned, you know, in the past and really had trouble connecting and being able to get healthy. And they find that with Lifelong. Does someone come to mind where that really does epitomize what has happened for a person so that we really feel that connection? Sure. There's so many stories, and I hear about them in my position every day. So it really is what brings me so much energy and light in being able to do this work. But one person in particular comes to mind who... And this is actually goes back to the early days. He came to Lifelong in the early 80s, right after he had been diagnosed with HIV um, at the age of 27. And uh, he had felt he'd come from New York and he was really all trying to navigate the Big, big Apple. Um, at, at that point, it was really hard to get the services he needed. He became homeless. He, he was just really struggling to, to find um, you know, food and and um, and a place to a roof over his head. So he came to to visit a friend in Seattle and was introduced to at that time Northwest AIDS Foundation, who was able to right away that he said the minute he walked in the door he felt like he had found his home and his people. And they connected him with a case manager. He was able to get on medication right away because at that point he was really in full-blown AIDS and it was scary. You know, he was facing not know where he was going to be, you know, at that time. And so he was also given food from Chicken Soup Brigade and they quickly found housing for him and his life in that moment just turned around. And while that was in the 80s, he's still with us today. And, and he credits being able to be alive, you know, to the, all the wonderful case managers he's had over the years and being able to learn how to cook good, healthy food, 
you know, to help manage his disease and form that community, you know, that really gave him a lifeline. Oh, that is so powerful because so many people died at that time. I mean, just countless numbers. That It was staggering. And that he still is here, and that's all credit to what is now lifelong because you're partnered there and, and really caring about this individual times 7,000. Exactly. Yes. And and there's also, you know, so many other folks that are living, like I said, with as we expanded our services, you know, especially we work with a lot of the tiny house villages here in Seattle. So people who have been living on the streets for decades, you know, and they're trying to make that transition into permanent housing. But being on the streets that long, you have so many barriers of, of just even having one of my one of the most powerful stories that one of our case managers told me was a person that so desperately, you know, wanted to have a home. But what was their biggest barrier was just not having an ID card. And it wasn't simple, you know, to go and and be able to do that alone. And so they had just continued to be on the streets because you can't get an apartment, you can't get a job. There's so many different things that just something as simple as an ID card. And so when they came to our tiny house village, they worked on some of his other barriers around mental health and substance use, and he was doing so well, and he was so scared, though, at, to go, and, and the case manager got on the bus with them. He'd found, they'd tracked down all of the, the paperwork that he needed, and they went to the agency to get that license, and they said when they handed it to him, that one piece of paper, he just cried and mm. cried because he felt like he finally had an identity again, you know, and again, they credited it to that wonderful partnership they had with a case manager who never turned away. You know, they, despite any of the, the hurdles that came, they were there by that person's side the entire time. And now he's thriving. He's in an apartment, he's got a job, and he's just doing so well, but continues to check in with our case manager. And, and again, that's just a testimony to the work that all of our team at Lifelong do every day. And it's a team effort. It really does take a team because just in what you said, I could see that there's so much education for this young adult or whatever age adult that didn't happen potentially in their younger years. And if it did, they've been on the street so long, they've lost that. So to have someone who's a mentor, a friend to to walk hand in hand, what a difference that makes. Oh, it is. And that's a perfect way to say that is is just really being able to walk with that person. And I think, again, that's another um, thing that I really love about our services is we're not doing the work for that person. That person is doing all that work. You know, we're there to help get through some of the red tape to be a champion for them, but they're empowered, you know, to be their own hero, to be able to make the choices and and the next steps to be as healthy as possible. I think what you're living out is don't give a man a fish, don't give a person a fish, teach them how to fish. And that's what you're doing. Definitely. Definitely. So how big is your team? We have 150 staff amongst our three offices, and we have a wide variety of programs. We have medical case management. We have insurance services, 
dental. We have Chicken Soup Brigade, which is our food nutrition program. And we have so many staff who are, again, just walking with clients every day, working on what their unique needs are so that they can help create a treatment plan that that really helps them adhere to what they need to do to be healthy. And Lifelong is a nonprofit organization. So the funding, I know we're talking here about us becoming aware so that we can support you. So yes, funds, I I hope you're deluged with donations during this Give Big campaign, Sage. But is that what you depend on? Does funding come from other sources? We do. We're definitely funded by contracts through the government and the city that help support this vital work, but there are so many pieces of what we do that are unfunded, that aren't part of those contracts, but that we know are so important. And and for example, our food program, we have medically tailored meals. Over the years, we started, you know, 40 years ago with just trying to get calories into people's bodies who were wasting away from AIDS. And we evolved over the years to meet the needs of people that we're trying to manage their illness. And what we discovered was medically tailored food was key because we know that food is medicine. And the creation of those meals, you know, to make sure that all the standards are met and they meet, again, the needs of people living with various illnesses, whether they need a, a kosher meal, whether it is a culturally relevant meal to, to honor their background, gluten-free, dairy-free, and so on. But what goes into making those meals is not covered in all of our contracts. But we know that that is so important so that somebody can stay healthy. So our community members, those early activists who helped form the agencies back in the day, are still the ones who are helping to donate each month or each year to make sure that our services stay at the level that they need to be. And that's where we now also have that opportunity to donate, correct? That is right. Give big. This year is more important than ever for us. We are doing something fun this year. We're calling it the Give Big Veggie-thon. And we're really focusing on raising awareness around the importance of, of obviously, around uh, medically tailored meals and also just the importance of healthy food in being able to have people manage their illnesses. And so we set a very big goal of $60,000. And that $60,000 will help us over the summer months serve over 12,000 grocery bags filled with fresh produce and also be able to contribute to our medically tailored meals that are packed with those nutrients as well. So we're asking folks to please help us meet that goal. Last year, Lifelong provided over 256,000 pounds of vegetables to people who are homebound clients. And, and some of them, this is the only way that they're able to get that produce and that meal. So, so this Give Big is, I have to say, especially with rising food prices, this is more important than ever. And for people to find out more information about you, what is your website? Our website is Lifelong. And you'll be able to learn all about Lifelong's history and our services, as well as reach that Give Big donation button. 
Sage Fitzpatrick, you are doing such amazing work with this team of really beautiful people making such a difference in our world that's so, so needed. Thank you for enlightening us this morning. Oh, well, thank you. And, and it really, it takes a community to have this work be successful. So we are so grateful for everybody that takes part, our volunteers, our donors, and the amazing organizations that we work with. And now we're going to meet Heidi Wills, CEO of PAWS, located in Linwood and serving Washington. But we're going to hear about how they assist other states with animal welfare as well. Heidi Wills, good morning, and thank you so greatly for being with us today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. And you uh, have a wonderful work that you do in your life working with PAWS, don't you? Oh, PAWS is such a worthwhile and important organization. Our mission is to help cats, dogs, and wild animals thrive in happy, healthy homes or in their natural habitats. And, you know, that's the thing. Um, we probably, you know, we I think we all feel kind of uh, knowing that we can have a, a pet in our home, and many of us do, and I'm, I've become one of the members of that community, but it's been over a decade now, and it's so wonderful and special. But the wild animals, that's a huge area that really very few people are involved with, but PAWS is doing this work. That is what makes PAWS unique. Not only do we have an animal shelter helping dogs and cats find loving families, we have a wildlife center, and we're helping over 5,000 wild animals who have been injured or orphaned each year um, be rehabilitated and put back in the wild where they belong. And that's everything from small hummingbirds to songbirds, um, all the way up to bobcats and Black bear cubs, um, eagles, owls, herons, and everything in between. We see over 150 different species every every year um, who, who need medical care um, and then can go back into our beautiful natural spaces where they belong. And, you know, part of that, the reason that some of them do come to you and have been harmed is because of some sort of kind of intervention that happened with the human being. And so Mm -hmm. I think then we really should feel even more responsibility to helping help them recover so they can go back into their natural habitat. That's right. We we see a lot of eagles who've ingested rats or mice who have been poisoned by rodenticide. Uh, we see a lot of animals who have um, been um, hit by cars. Um, we see birds who have hit windows and skyscrapers in downtown Seattle. Um, we, we just see a lot of animals who have been um, inadvertently harmed by people, and we feel it's our obligation to do right by them, mm. um, help them heal and get back to where they belong. They have families of their own, and they also, we want them to refurbish their populations, right? Because that's part of what makes the Pacific Northwest a very special place, is that we're sharing it with all these beautiful wild creatures. Yes. And and to understand that it's critically important that they are here, that it's all part of the balance of nature. We need them. Yes. Yes. Uh, we need them, and, and, and they need us sometimes to help them uh, when they've been orphaned or injured. And that's, that's why PAWS 
um, does the work that we do. There's there's no other animal shelters in our community that provide these kinds of services. About 90% of the wild animals that come through our doors come from people like you and me who, who see that raccoon that's been hit by a car on the side of the road and don't know what to do with it. Um, and, and it finds its way to pause uh, because of caring citizens who want to do right by these wild animals. Yes. And as I understand, there's a new facility under development. Yes, we are very excited. We are building the largest wildlife center for rehabilitation work in Snohomish County. Um, We're in the last phase of our construction. It's a $45 million facility, and we hope to have it ready in time for next year's baby season. Oh, my goodness. And... This is obviously you said it's near completion, and so it. But it will still be about a year. That's right. We finished the wildlife medical facility. We have the enclosures where the animals go after surgeries to recuperate and reheal, and then we're now building the aquatic center. About fifteen percent of the animals that come to Paws are aquatic animals like harbor seals or river Mm -hmm. otters or sea otters and also a number of seabirds find their way to pause and in order to be a full medical facility we need to be able to treat all animals that come through our doors so we need to finish this aquatic center and we're building it right now and hope to have it done by the end of the year that is so exciting and will it be at least part of it open to the public to be able to see these animals as they're in recovery? Well, we keep wild animals wild, so they don't even realize that they're being helped by humans. Uh, Their best defense in the wild is a healthy fear of of people. Mm. Um, So we do not want to acclimate them to people. Um, So we watch them on monitors, and we will have screens showing video of these animals in recuperation in their enclosures in our lobby, and that is certainly open to the public. Well, that is excellent, and that makes such perfect sense. So the thing is, we can avail ourselves of coming to find a new puppy, give an, another a puppy a new home, and in the meantime, also see the screen and see what's happening in the Wildlife Rehab Center. That's right. So we'll be operating out of three locations soon. Right now we're in two. We have the Paws Wildlife Center, which is uh, going to be moving out of Linwood to Snohomish. But also in Linwood, that's where we have our animal shelter where people can come adopt those puppies and kittens, dogs and cats. And then we also have Paws Cat City in Seattle in the University District. So we're about to expand into three locations. That is amazing. And with the expansion, it means that there's just this great need that continues and you are doing the work and we are here. Today's invitation is to help support and fund and give a good home to all these animals. That's right. We are taking in animals who otherwise are abandoned or neglected particularly dogs and cats at our Linwood facility, you know, recently. And our Give Big programming is about Esmeralda, a dog who came to pause just skin and bones. She was abandoned on our doorstep, and it was clear that she had suffered years of neglect. Um, She had bleeding sores all over her body. She was very, very skinny. Uh, You could see her ribs. She was afraid of people. 
and uh, what she needed was compassion and and pause gave that to her and it took about 3 months for her to recover she had to start eating very slowly and then she began to trust people again and loves to cuddle and is just such a perfect example of how people can restore these animals to to live happy loving lives and trusting people and because you know as as you know dogs are our best friends right and, yes uh, th- this dog deserves a happy home and there are many dogs like esmeralda and cats who come to pause who who have been neglected or abandoned and we are the place where they can recover and then become loving companions for a family so we have such a great opportunity because we can help support this kind of help and rehabilitation and bringing back to health so many dogs and cats and wildlife. But we also have the opportunity that we could then find one that really needs a forever home. Exactly, exactly. We adopt out about 4,000 dogs and cats every year. So these animals otherwise wouldn't get a second chance. About 70% of the animals that come to PAWS actually come from the other states where they are dealing with an overpopulation problem, uh, which we've been able to resolve here locally because we have mandatory spay-neuter laws, but they don't in other communities. And people don't realize that about one and a half million animals are euthanized, otherwise healthy, beautiful animals across the country because they can't get into loving homes. So um, we bring in these animals from other communities and from disaster areas. We've been bringing in hundreds of dogs and cats from California who suffered from the flooding there and we're continuing to take them from hurricanes and other parts of the country. We're bringing them to PAWS, which is a safe place for these animals. And um, we're asking members of our community who are looking for a furry companion to think about PAWS and come adopt and save the lives of these animals. When you are adopting an animal from PAWS or from another rescue center, you're literally saving a life. Yes. And there aren't enough words or the right words to express what that meaning is until we've had that pet come into our home. And I speak from experience because I never did have that growing up or as in my early adult years, but then for the last 12 years had a beautiful, beautiful dog that we rescued that really was a family member. And here's the heartbreaking part. She did get old and sick, and we did have to make the decision to put her down. But when that happens, we realize how gut-wrenching it is. Therefore, we don't want that to happen to other animals unnecessarily. So we need to do what we can to, to rescue them and love them and give them a good home. Yes, and it sounds like you adopted an animal which enriched your life. Oh, and yes. And these animals do that. They provide comfort, unconditional love, and, and the reason to get out of your house every day is because that dog needs a walk. <laughs> yes. Yes. See, they keep us healthy. <laughs> That's right. And they keep us healthy because they make us laugh a lot as well. That, yes. Right? And they bring us into the current moment. Sometimes we're in the past or we're thinking about what we need to do in the future. And our animal companions remind us to live right here, right now. This is what matters. Um, and they bring so much joy and laughter to our lives. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they do. And, you know, our lives would really be so stark 
without them. I realize that. And yes. right. And so with pause, we have this opportunity to support animals that we have in our homes, but animals in our wild areas, which are really critical to all of us having a good home on our planet. That's right. That's right. Paws helps animals of all kinds. And and that happened organically. Paws began over 50 years ago because there was a need for the organization. People were giving away dogs and kittens in the parking lots of grocery stores. Mm. Um, There was an overpopulation problem. And some members of our community uh, banded together and said, we can do better than this and created PAWS as an animal shelter. And uh, PAWS is an acronym for Progressive Animal Welfare Society, um, the first of its kind. In fact, our spay-neuter laws were really through PAWS promoting that and marching for that and protesting for that, just saying animals deserve better from us humans. And we've done that. We can really take a lot of pride in the Pacific Northwest that we're leaders and animal welfare across the country. And we continue to be by bringing in these animals from other communities. And then if people can't adopt animals in their lives, we always welcome them as volunteers, right? The people can serve as foster parents. They can serve as dog walkers and come to pause to help socialize these animals so that they're ready for adoption. So there's so many ways that people can become involved in the mission of our organization where we help animals of all kinds. And that's the kind of community we want to live in. Mm, Indeed. So you're just letting us know, Heidi, that there's something for everyone to become a contributing member. And for some of us, that is going to be through financial support, because that's really important as this new rehabilitation center is going toward completion, but also to just support the staff and the facilities that are there for these thousands of animals that come through each year. That's right. We do need the financial support to help care for these animals. And with inflation increasing our Mm -hmm. animal care costs, support is more needed now than ever. It's costing much more for us to take care of these animals than ever before. And and they still need us. They don't know about a pandemic. They don't know about inflation. They just need help and support. So our dollars are not going as far and care is more expensive. So uh, we want to always be there to help these animals to be a safe place for them and give them hope. So we're hoping that members of our community will help us help them. Well, your story is certainly so compelling, Heidi. I am so grateful that you and that PAWS exist to do all the work that's being done. And all of us, whatever amount it is we can give, every single dollar helps and it builds, right? That's right. You know, just helping one animal, right, makes a difference. And we're helping thousands of animals. That's what PAWS does every day, all year round, and has for over 56 years. We're trying to build the kind of compassionate community that we all want to live in. And we welcome anyone to be a part of our mission. And let's mention your website, of course. It's so easy. It's PAWS.org. P-A-W-S dot org. Perfect. Take a look and learn and support. And Heidi Wills, again, thank you for this excellent work that you do. Oh, thank you, Kate, for helping us build more awareness in our community for our cause. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Heidi Wills and Sage Fitzpatrick and Sunday Morning Magazine with Rashira Gupta. 
I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of hearing and feeling the call to action to be active and supportive in our community. Have a week of the same, and then please... Plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.